What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Humbled Millennial Podcast. I don't even know if I I like saying that at the start, but I am getting a little bit more comfortable because this is now the fifth person that I've gotten to talk to. Today, I'm really excited because this is a really big, important topic specifically for men, but it also affects women so much. And uh, today I have Charlie with me, Charlie Crockett. He is just an incredible dude, lives in Waco, and he works for an organization called Unbound, and I'll let you introduce a little bit about yourself and why you're here today. Disclaimer, sorry. Yeah, go for it. Quick, quick disclaimer. Today's podcast is going to be pretty heavy. Um, sin, the things in this world are very broken and very heavy, and we're not to run from those things, but we're supposed to bring the light to those things. And today is about bringing a light to very heavy talk topics, um, namely pornography, just sexual abuse, trafficking, things like that, that, that all tied together. So that's a disclaimer. Um, yeah. yeah, Charlie, go ahead, bro. Yeah, man. No. So I'm, uh, currently I work at unbound unbound now Waco. Um, and we serve victims of human trafficking. And so, um, particularly what I do uh, is I'm a trainer. So I teach uh, and I train uh, professionals and kids. So what I do most of my days is I'll, I'll go travel to um, everywhere from different schools uh, in six counties we serve and, um, and teach them what human trafficking is, uh, how that starts, uh, the demand of trafficking. Um, if it's professionals, if it's law enforcement, doctors, teachers, things like that, it's different. With kids, it's mostly pouring in their value, their worth, and teaching them that they, they mean something and they can do something, they can stand up to this, mm -hmm. um, but also uh, trying to out the lies of traffickers, what they're trying to do and trying to keep them safe. So, yeah. yeah. So a lot about, a lot of what you do is about protecting innocent people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Making an effort towards uh, prevention of, of this crime. So yeah, real quick, define human trafficking. Yeah, man, human trafficking. So really, there's kind of two sides to it. There's sex trafficking, labor trafficking. Uh, it's anytime, you know, someone, uh, there's kind of a, a list of different actions and things like that. We have a model kind of a, um, to understand it. But yeah, it's basically when someone is forced, lied, lied to, threatened, or coerced, or blackmailed into uh, performing either a sexual action, uh, uh, kind of for something of value, mm -hmm. in exchange for something of value. Um, and then labor trafficking, kind of just someone being forced to work. Um, yeah. And there'd be that exchange. So, so tell me a little bit about your heart, why this is such a meaningful yeah. thing to you specifically. Yeah, man. I mean, my heart got broken for this issue a few years ago. Um, it's all started. I was kind of working on the service project back in Boston, Massachusetts, and, uh, we were working at the safe home and got, um, uh, just the opportunity to like build a deck. I wasn't really working with the, the women that were in the home. Uh, and man, what really happened was that one of the, at the end of the last day working there, one of the women had told me that she had been trafficked, not me, but the group, um, and told a bit of her story. And I just, you know, it just broke my heart. I didn't know, uh, that that was happening, especially in Boston. Um, and so it just opened my eyes, man. Uh, and since then, uh, I remember days, just the days after that, just feeling like, man, like I could feel the hours passing and the days passing that I wasn't doing something about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just seemed, it just rings so true that like, man, this is like, what is more important than this, you know? Uh, and so 
uh, yeah, I started looking, looking into places and found Unbound and yeah, and yeah, the Lord called me here. So that's awesome. So yeah. one of, yeah, one of the things that I has been a consistent theme on this podcast has been men mm. stepping into the roles that God designed us to, to fulfill. Mm-hmm. Right. And a huge part of true manhood mm-hmm. is about protecting others, mm-hmm. about fighting for those who are oppressed mm-hmm. and fighting for those who can't fight for themselves. Yeah. God has given men strength mm. to use for, for good, to, to pr- protect others and to lift up others. And so Charlie is a great example of that. If you know Charlie personally, he's a guy that you don't forget because um, he's huge. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wasn't going to bring that up. I, this is the first time I was like, dude, I'm going to invite Charlie on the show and not bring up the fact that he's seven feet tall. Cause I was, I just want to be different. Right. I want to be right. different, but yeah. that's what makes Charlie unique. Uh, not the only thing, but one of the things that makes him unique is that he is seven feet tall. And it's such a perfect picture of, of you as a person, not only um, just the gentle giant vibe, but, what you're doing with Unbound and your heart for that and your heart to protect yeah, your, you know, people look at big people and they're like, Oh man, that guy is scary. And he could kind of like dominate, whatever be, be use that strength that God has given him to hurt people. But you're actually doing the opposite. You're using it to, to, to defend the weak and to protect those who can't protect themselves, which is again, something that's been a consistent theme here. Um, but yeah, so I want to talk about specifically how your experience, like you're working in trafficking. Mm-hmm. Most people don't see the trafficking victims. They don't, they, they think it's a totally separate world. Yeah. Is it totally separate from us or is it tied in? Yeah, man. I mean, it's a lot closer than I think that the typical person would think um, there's kind of this perception around human trafficking being that it's, it happens kind of like if you've seen the movie taken, it's mm-hmm. all kidnapping, it's abduction. It's like avoid white fans, avoid, you know, the creepy people on the street that look like they want to scoop you up and run away. Um, and that's really not the reality. That's, uh, it's not that it doesn't happen. That's a, the least likely way that that happens in the U S. And mm-hmm. so um, the most common way is just people, reaching out to you and trying to build relationship, right? And um, nowadays, right, the most common place that's happening is on social media. Mm. Um, and if really you have social media, you're, you've probably experienced random people reaching out to you and trying to yeah. just random DMs. Uh, if people trying to build relationship or start conversation with you or offer you something. Wow. Um, and so, I mean, I literally, I get these messages probably on a weekly basis. And I am a, again, very large seven foot male who works in an anti-trafficking organization. And you still get that. Right. And if I'm getting these messages, right, everybody's getting these messages. Yeah. Um, and every time, pretty much every time I teach in a middle school, uh, you ask like, how many of y'all have received one of these messages, right? Every hand goes up, boys mm-hmm. and girls. And then you say, man, how about like this week, right? Every hand stands up, yeah. every single hand, right? And so mm-hmm. these, yeah, this is how they're getting people, you know, this is how they're reaching out and starting the grooming process. Right? Yeah. So do you have any like statistics or anything to like talk about? Like how prevalent is this mm. in, in our society right now? Yeah, man. Yeah. So, I mean, just in the state of Texas, it's about right around, uh, three, over 300,000 people, uh, just trafficked in our state. Right. Um, and of that number, that's labor trafficking, sex trafficking, adults and minors. Right. So then 
uh, we know that it's around 79,000 are minors and youth that are being sex trafficked just in Texas, right? Oh my so, gosh. And that's minors and youth. It's like uh, anyone under any, anyone under 25, I believe. And there's 79,000, right? And so um, that's in our state. Wow. Right? So there's kind of this perception, this false perception that only happens overseas. It only happens somewhere else, right? Wow. This is the reality that I got met with yeah. when I first heard stories about this, right? Yeah. Um, that just how close it is, right? Just how just how much it's impacting our 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 world, right? Uh, we have uh, five offices in Texas, and we served over 400 people just last year, right? Victims mm-hmm. of trafficking, and that's just what we've uh, uncovered, you know, in one year. So um, there are absolutely victims that you know out there. We're absolutely absolutely meeting this reality every day. So, mm-hmm. yeah. do you have any um, stories, particularly compelling stories, mm-hmm. um, of people that you've met? in the last year who were victims of, of trafficking and just describe kind of what, what that meant for their life. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so as, as someone who's not an advocate, I'm not going to be, I don't uh, interact with victims as much as our advocates do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a lot of the times it'll be, uh, something like they either a situation where they weren't, uh, no one knew they were being trafficked. So they tell me because if they, we'd already known they would have been working with an advocate. Um, yeah, man. And I can't give obviously too many details. Uh, but, um, yeah, there just been, uh, there, there was a situation I was, I was training. Um, and in the middle of the training, it was, it was kind of for, uh, kids in the foster care system. Um, and during the training, I was kind of just talking about, it's like an hour and a half, uh, teaching. And during the middle of it, uh, someone in the back, had yelled out there like, Hey man, like in realization, like that's happened to me, you know, like that's happened to me. Um, and, and so, um, and especially with boys, we know that, uh, on average it takes two decades for a boy to come out and say, right. That something has happened, even if it's just like sexual abuse, right. It's an average of two decades before they say something. Right. Um, and so in this case, it was a boy. And, and so that realization, sometimes you don't even know that that happened to you until in a moment's notice. Right. And so it was kind of like a, wow, you know, didn't realize that and then come out and say something. Yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah, I've read, I've heard some stories. Mm. Um, I, I know some other people that work in Unbound as well. Mm. Um, but I've also read some stories from books about just what human trafficking does to people's souls. Mm. And it is absolutely mm-hmm. crushing. Yeah. Like I can't imagine. Um, well, I really want to draw this connection to why this applies to the person listening Spe- mm. specifically, uh, well, men and women, actually, I do not, I definitely don't want to exclude women in this because, um, mm-hmm. I know that men and women both struggle with pornography and, there is a, there's a clear correlation between human trafficking and pornog- pornography. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, when you really look into it, these the two industries, the pornography industry, trafficking industry, right? They are completely linked, right? So we know that uh, just human trafficking in general makes over 150 billion dollars a year, right? And the pornography industry is making over 100 billion every year, right? And so um, there's a reason, kind of, why these both are prospering so much and. Uh, pornography is one of the greatest uh, things that drives up demand for trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is, I mean, there is so much to that, right? Uh, everything from uh, there's videos of victims in trafficking that are then put on pornography websites. Um, 
I mean, with IU, there's no way to gauge whether someone is of age uh, on these porn sites. There's no way to to gauge uh, if it was consensual, right? And there's no way to understand if, as a viewer, right, if what you're watching is trafficking, right? Mm -hmm. There's no way to understand that, right? They can edit the video however they want. They can reshoot it how many times they want. They can um, use coercion and threats um, to make them look, keep taking it, right, until they, it looks the way they want it to look, mm -hmm. right? And so um, as a consumer, as a viewer, you'd have no idea, right? What would you say to a person who asked the question? Mm. Um, well, I, I like I, I'm watching porn that it's they for sure they're not trafficked. Yeah, and and all of the people who are performing, mm. it's they're actors. They want to be a part of this. Yeah. Well, honestly, the first my first thought is like I like I can see how someone would think that right because mm -hmm. that's exactly the narrative they're trying to push right is that this is not harmful, right? In a lot of places now, this is considered sex ed, right? This is being taught as sex ed, that it's mm -hmm. encouraged, right? And the reason it's gotten to that point is because the, the whole narrative is, is this isn't harmful, right? This isn't uh, hurting anybody, right? Um, and if they can get that across, they can make it more popular and then mm -hmm. get you to continue consuming it, right? And without mm -hmm. uh, feeling bad about it, right? Um, but the reality is, man, if you, if you even, um, their goal, right, is to get you hooked on this, right? Because yeah. we know that one of the one of the greatest demand like things that push uh, buyers of trafficking, buyers of people, right, is pornography addiction, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, if they can get you hooked on this, right, they can then bring in buyers that are going to seek things out, right? Um, but pornography shapes what it does is it shapes your sexual desires, yeah. Right? And so, you watch something and it shapes how you think, it shapes how you uh, desire things sexually, and so. Um, and what we see, man, uh, is that just like any drug, anything that you're on, right, you you consume until it's not good enough, right? And so uh, we see once, like in drugs, you'll consume something, and then once that's not good enough, you'll do more of it. And then mm -hmm. once that substance isn't doing it, you'll move on to something else, right? Mm -hmm. And in pornography, man, that's something else, that next thing you consume. Mm -hmm. On average, statistically, it's going to be more abusive than the last thing you watched, wow. and it's going to be younger, Right. Um, and so we know across pretty much every porn site, the number one category is teen, right? Teen, because there's wow. this young component to, uh, kind of the, the addiction process, yeah. right? The next thing you watch. It almost sounds like it's a, it's a lot about power and oh. control. Yeah. I mean, it is. And it pushes that. Cause the thing is, uh, if they can get you watching something like that, right. Um, that's, that's uh, ultimately what you'll, what you'll be purchasing, right? Yeah. What you'll be looking to buy. So, um, have you ever struggled with porn? Yeah, man. I mean, I was I was introduced early to porn, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember at the beginning, um, like the first first time I was introduced was just a neighbor up the street, yeah. right? just openly with a bunch of guys watching, like mm -hmm. as we're riding our bikes, right? Um, and thankfully, by the grace of God, it never was something I I was uh, I felt uh, addicted to or mm -hmm. felt like completely uh, overtaken by, right? But mm -hmm. um, but I had no one in my life teaching me that this was wrong. Yeah. Right. And so at the beginning, man, it was a, it seemed like just a curiosity. Right. Right. And, um, that's and how so they get you. That, so they freaking it, get man. you. I hate that. That's it, man. Uh, and I didn't have anyone speaking into it. Right. And so there was, there was definitely periods in my life where it was like, I just didn't know, you know, yeah. that this was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, bro. So, um, I, I was addicted mm. for like 15 years. So mm. like by God's grace, Charlie wasn't, in that got into that cycle of addiction, but I did mm -hmm. like same thing. 
I was uh, 11 years old when I first got exposed to it. And mm. for me and my family, you just like don't even talk about these things, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. you're a kid, you're curious, and you're sparking one of the most curious things that you like ever experience. And sexuality is such a curious thing. Mm. It's so enticing, you know, and there's so much desire in it and which can be such a beautiful thing in the right context, mm. but twist it and it will destroy you. And so that was my experience. Right. And I, I, if you ask me, are you an addict? I would say I'm a sex addict in recovery. I think JP kind of says that. Too. I don't know what he says. I think he says something similar to that, but I treat myself as if yesterday was I, like, I, I watched porn yesterday, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like, um, I can get into my own personal story about how I got to freedom and, and it's, I've been walking, uh, it's probably been a, a, a little over a year and a half, maybe two years. I can't remember. In fact, it was a video I made with JP posted it on YouTube and we were talking about stuff. And as we we're talking, I got convicted. And I was like, bro, I watched porn last week. And he basically was just like, you're not doing everything you can. And my, my wife now has a, a huge part in, in challenging me, calling me out of that, um, which is is amazing. That's I don't want to get off onto a tangent here, but mm-hmm. I do want to share that at some point. The point is, is that I clawed my way out, but I still treat myself as if I could go right back into it mm-hmm. because that's what will happen. And that's what happened to me over and over and over again. I like thought I was out, right back in. Thought I was out, right back in. And that's the, that's what's so dangerous about getting hooked as a child mm-hmm. because it's like integrated into like who you are almost, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so hard to break free from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like from my own story, I remember watching certain things and I'm not going to get too graphic, but I remember certain things clicking away because it like scared me because I was like this, there's something just so sinister about this. Like I didn't really even know the concept of trafficking and stuff. Probably I didn't hear that term maybe until like a few years ago, but I rem- I would like think back to videos and I'd be like that, that had to have been trafficking, right? That had to have been such a horrible thing. And um, I'm, I'm going to constantly go back to hope in this podcast. Cause we're going to, it could get deep, but, the hope for those listening, if if that's you, if you're like me, if you if you're caught into that addiction, there's hope. Um, feel the yes, feel the weight. And as Charlie talks about these these things, the trafficking, you should feel the weight of how just horrible this is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, know that there's hope, and that mm-hmm. that ultimately your reason for for getting out of that addiction and getting away from pornography is even deeper for you. A better motivation for you is like, that's how do I say this? There's so much more for you personally in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. All there's like these huge consequences that other people are suffering because of your choices, but you are suffering more than anyone by your choices. Mm -hmm. And as someone who has now got to walk out I can just verify just how, how much more free, secure, confident, um, just so much shame gone, guilt gone, mm-hmm. um, that I get to walk in now. 
Yeah, and I can I can say as as testimony of of what I witness every day in this job as as something I I see and I watch other people's processes go on and uh, people stuck in addiction, people stuck in abusive situations, and man, like it is it is no no matter the darkness, man, no matter how deep things get, like the resounding hope that that Jesus offers is not it's not compare like the the mm-hmm. darkness doesn't compare like, yeah. it's not close yeah and so you would think. Uh, I mean, you would think looking at this, if, if you were in the situation, looking at this darkness every day, that it would be yeah. like, wow, that's a lot of darkness. But what you see is, is that Jesus overcomes like, yeah. it's, and it's not close. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, it's, so this is random, but I, 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 yeah. I heard you kind of like not talk so loud when you said Jesus, it was almost like you were used to doing this, how you have to do it. <laughs> you can talk about Jesus on yeah, this podcast. Yes. So share, a, share, no, share uh, the difficulty too of, amen. of bringing a message of hope out of that with it, without uh-huh. putting God into it. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. One of the, that is, so that is really something that's, that is difficult, right? Cause, um, where we are rooted at in, un, as unbound, we are rooted in Christ and you can't, I cannot imagine doing the, doing this work without that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, we, I mean, going into schools, going into juvenile detention centers, going into places where you can't openly share about Jesus. Um, uh, there is, there are rules you have to follow. Right. And that is so difficult, right. That is so difficult. Um, and I've learned, you know, doing this for a while, you know, how to, uh, you know, be uh, representative of Christ, be like, be in your actions and the way you love somebody and the way you care about them. Right. And the way you talk about it, that you reveal, uh, you ask the Holy Spirit to speak, right? You don't just go out and say your words, right? In those ways, like it can be conveyed, uh, and there's still, but there's still some difficulty. One of the hardest things that I can, um, and we talked about this earlier, uh, is, is man, like we do so much. I, I do so much of the teaching that is uh, all about conveying that someone's value, their worth, mm-hmm. right? I interact with so many kids that that have never heard they're valuable, that have never had someone look them in the eyes and say you are worth everything right mm-hmm. you were worth dying for someone did die for you wow. right and um and so i get to convey that and that's truth and they can feel it right you, you can they can feel like what you're saying is real um but there's always that that thing in the back of my head like if a kid really looks at me and says like you know how do you know how do you know that i'm worth it you know and it's uh it's it's difficult man because without without breaking the rules yeah. and it's like the truth is yeah man, you were bought man yeah. you were bought you were you were knit in your mother's yeah. room you were known so deeply and you're still loved you yeah. know you were like the the king of the king of glory gave everything for you you know yeah. um and trying to convey that without saying the name of jesus is impossible yeah i i, I do not know how to i do not know how to do that but yeah yeah i think that I mean, what you even just said for those listening who um, are watching porn, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know how hard it is mm-hmm. to take the steps to to stop. Yeah, because I, I mean, it, it was like it became part of my biggest form of affirmation and affection. I felt wanted, loved, important for like a handful of minutes, you know? And to me, that was better than having nothing at all. Even though I was like, this sucks, dude. I hate the way I feel, Mm -hmm. but at least it's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And so my encouragement to you, listener, um, God loves you so much. And everything that you think that you're getting out of watching porn Mm -hmm. 
God wants to give you so much more. Like the the perfection, what you're actually longing for is what he wants to give you. And you're settling for a substitute that's going to just take you deeper and deeper and deeper mm-hmm. um, to places that you never thought you could go. And I'm sure if you're, if you've been in that situation for a while, you've noticed just the type of stuff that you've Googled. You're like, it just has gotten weirder and weirder and worse and more sinister. And I've experienced that, you know? So, and and even to this day, it's like, okay, I still have thoughts that I have to re, it's like I'm rewiring my brain still. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for me, like constantly telling people, uh, yo, I had this crazy thought, mm-hmm. you know, you need to pray over me. Cause I like, I might do something so stupid right now. Like I, I, I could literally do that. Um, I just, I heard, um, I've heard stories too of, of many people that have been caught by the detectives here in Waco, um, through these sting operations. And it was like every single one of them was addicted to porn. Can you talk about that? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I think so much of that is just the nature of how, and this is, this is the trap, right? Is the nature of it is it's so easy to hide if mm-hmm. you desire it, yeah. right? It's, it is the most, if you think of just addictions across the board, it's the easiest to hide, right? And the easiest to ex- like be, get an access of, right? Yeah. It's the most accessible thing that you have and it's the easiest to hide. And that is a deadly combination, right? And so the, and the crazy thing, I mean, is, is those people, like people that get caught, people that are showing up to these things are not, in, in many cases, just the people you would expect, mm-hmm. right? The people that outside of that live very normal lives. Yeah. They are very successful or, or people, you know, are drawn to them. Like it's, it doesn't, it's not who you would anticipate, right? right. It's your everyday person. Um, and so much of that is because it's, it is, it's easy to hide. Yeah, dude, it, it always, it always makes me, at this point, it makes me laugh. Mm. When you hear a story and they're like, this teacher did this, had an affair with the student or pastor does this thing or local businessman, respected man in the community does this, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that. And every time I see it, I'm like, I can. Mm-hmm. I can believe that. Because I would have done that if I I didn't like take it seriously. Now, in fact, I did do certain things that like, if, if I just shared everything with you guys on here, you might be like, oh my gosh, did he really do that? And I'd be like, yeah, I did. You know, like nothing that threw me in jail. And so people are like, oh, he's still... He's, he's better than that guy because he just thought it and this guy did it. Mm-hmm. And that's where, to me, it's like, dude, yeah, you might have more consequences in, the, in your community um, by doing it and or versus thinking it. But two things. One, you'll probably end up doing it if you keep chasing it long enough. Mm-hmm. And then two, like the, if say you never do something, you never get caught you're going to deal with those consequences in your own heart for the rest of your life. Absolutely. You're never going to be able to be free. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be able to feel, take the, that weight of shame off. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be, feel fully loved by the people around you because you're always going to be asking that question. Mm-hmm. Well, would you still love me if you knew I did this? Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, you're not getting away with anything. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson actually talked about this as he's a clinical psychologist spent his whole life just like talking to people, listening to people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he heard, I heard him say one time was in all my years of studying, I've never seen anyone get away with anything. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That says that in the Bible too. So it's like yeah. Jordan Peterson, you just copped that from the Bible. 
Yeah. You don't get away with anything because if, if there's things in your heart, you're going to deal with the consequences of those things. And so going all the way back a full circle for those who are, again, watching porn and having all those thoughts. And again, I'm not better than you. Mm-mm. Been there, done that. You're not getting away with anything. And just because you're not that person that got busted in the news, it's still hurting you so bad. And yeah. you continue on this route, you will be that person to get busted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's just kind of redefining the goal, right? The goal isn't to be perfect, right? The goal isn't to be clean. It's to be um, close to, to close to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Who is who's actually bought for all these things? Yeah. He's actually paid for it already. You know, and it's yeah. It's, if you're trying to be perfect, you're just going to be reminded every day of how much you're coming yeah. up short. Yeah, you're right? going to feel so bad all the time. Yeah, and, and and that really what that does is it makes shame your driver, right? Shame then drives all your motivation to like, okay, well, messed up again today. Might as well just keep going because who cares? Yeah. I'm already here, right? Yeah. And if shame's your driver, man, it's like that's a, that's a deep hole, you know, because yeah. you can't get out of that. Right? Yeah, what you just said about I messed up, so I just I'll keep doing it. Uh-huh. Dude, I've experienced that so many times with porn. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, I went like two weeks without watching porn and then watch porn and be like, well, I did it. I'll just watch it like 12 more times. Yeah. Binge watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, maybe I'll try again tomorrow. Right. Right. And the reality is, is you don't, uh, you don't ever reach that point. Yeah. Right. You don't ever, there's no, there's no end to that. So what is your encouragement then to people who are stuck in that shame cycle? What is the answer? Yeah, man, it is. I think it is. Um, I mean, ultimately it's drawing, drawing near to the Lord, right? Cause it's, you're not going to know your identity through your actions, right? Cause it's not, if you, if you're trying to find that through your good versus your bad, it's never going to be there, right? That's mm-hmm. the whole story of the gospel, right? Is that that's not, that's not the point, you know? Yeah. And, and if you're not, if you're not watching, you know, the life of Jesus, if you're not uh, drawing near to him, you're not going to know who you are, right? Yeah. And you're not going to know that, um, life is marked by what the Lord did for you. You know, it's not marked by your actions. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, man. And it's, it's just, um, yeah. Receive, receive what the Lord said about how you. did you, I mean, you weren't addicted for mm-hmm. what it sounds like, by the way, I mean, Charlie and I have never talked about this. So it's not like I'm like, Oh, I know your story. Now we're trying to draw stuff out. I'm literally learning it right now. Mm-hmm. How long was your, would you say like you struggled watching porn? Yeah, man. I think, um, yeah, it's just there were there were just kind of seasons of it. I feel like, um, and at first it was it was really that like who I mean, uh, just kind of learning even what this is, you know, discovering mm-hmm. and being like, man, I don't I'm not sure what this is, and I don't I've never been told or taught about this, you yeah. know, um, and so, um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't say exactly how long something like that lasted, but the shame was instant, like, yeah. right? That wasn't that happened immediately, right? Um, and so. And then experience that, trying to understand that. Like, why is this, why do I feel so dirty? Yeah. Why is this so, why is this so heavy? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it was, it was instant, right? It's instant. So fuck. Okay. So for me, I was like 11 and it probably went like, it, it just gradually got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, and if you know, I don't, I mean, you don't know my story, but it, it was a, it was a big thing that destroyed my first marriage. I was actually married. I don't know if you knew that. Um, like, That was, it was part of that. We talked about it a lot, but the shame I felt like even then, what it didn't, because I had all the shame, I wasn't able to even like really fully embrace that I was hurting other people because I was so ashamed. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens a lot of times is what keeps you from actually being free Mm -hmm. is the shame because the shame, the shame is so great that you can't accept Mm -hmm. that you are bad. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's like the freedom comes when you realize, dude, I am messed up. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can do to fix myself mm-hmm. but God. Yeah. Yeah. Loves me so much that he sent his son to die for me. Yeah. He demonstrates his love so greatly by sending his son. And he's like, I know you've done all these things. Mm-hmm. I wipe it all, all away. I forgive you. I love you. Mm-hmm. Embrace that. And, and the shame, that's when the shame goes away. But with, with the shame on top, you're like, no, I can't accept. I can't accept that I'm this bad. And then so what happens? Then when someone tries to like stop you from doing it, then they're like, then you get defensive and turn it back around and blame something on them or, or whatever. And I did that cycle for so long. Mm-hmm. And so, um, for you listeners, man, the shame, like the enemy is going to draw you in, get you, and then shame you for doing that very thing mm-hmm. to keep you in it yeah. and to keep you from going to get help. Yeah. And so a little application. I mean, what does it take for me? What did it take? Dude, it took so much courage to say, I am going to do whatever it takes to, to free myself mm-hmm. so that I don't have to carry this for the rest of my life. And practically speaking, it looked like, I mean, I'm, I'm, this is not a one size fits all. I mean, Hey, if you're that desperate, you should do this. I wrote out everything that I ever did, like my entire sexuality history, like since I was 11, like every vivid story, every moment wrote it all out. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is actually getting super personal now. Um, I read that to my ex. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know that this is cost, like costing us intimacy and like to do life the way we should do it. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that anymore. I know that it is keeping us from it. And yeah, um, I mean, ultimately it didn't work out. Like it didn't work out. And, and that's the, that's, it didn't work out in that sense, in, in the relationship sense, but this is what worked out. Mm-hmm. I got what I've always wanted mm-hmm. to know that like I am loved by God and there's nothing, un- there's not a single thing underneath it that is stopping me from believing that truth because I tangibly was like, I'm getting it out there. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, amen, bro. Amen. No, and that's, and that just rings true, man. It's, it's, uh, like I, I love to think like, okay, and I'm in this situation. What would the enemy hate for me to do the most? Right? It's to uncover all that. It's to step into the light. Right? That's what the Bible says: step into the light, live a, live a, a life that's in the light. Right? Because that just like it it just takes away all the ammo of the enemy. Yeah. Right? To be able to shoot at you. Right? Yeah. It's like you can't do that. And so it's like, and that's really what it is. It's like offering that up yeah. to the Lord and be like, what? And and just in straight vulnerabilities, like. Like, what do you think about? Yeah. That? You know, here it is. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. You know, I'm done being in the shadows. Like, yeah. what do you think of me? Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm revealing to you my imperfections. Mm-hmm. I'm revealing to you my failures. Like, what do you think? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, what's terrifying. The terrifying fact is that mm. human beings will reject you. Mm-hmm. Human beings live a performance based love. If you share something with somebody like those listening, the thing that is, eating you alive, the thing that is you're so ashamed of, if you share that with someone, you might get rejected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just might. But God accepts you. Mm-hmm. 
And if it's holding you back is like, if it's holding you back from experiencing God's love, what's more important, God's love and God's acceptance of you or a human being's acceptance. Right. And so like for me, dude, um, just being super vulnerable. I remember there was a moment in my separation with my ex where she told me, Hey, the moment that you read that letter to me was the moment I stopped loving you. Mm. And look, I am not pointing fingers here at all. Like there were so many things that I did so wrong, you know, and that's a whole different can of worms. But the bottom line is, is like she rejected me, dude. Mm. She straight reject. She rejected me. And here's what's the crazy part. She did the right thing when you, when you weigh it in terms of justice, Mm. Hey, you did this and your justice is this. Mm -hmm. So it's like, she did the right thing. It wasn't like, Oh, you were wrong for, for rejecting me. It was no, you were right for rejecting me, which makes the gospel so much more powerful. It's like she rejected me because she had right reason to reject me. Yet God was like, I accept you. And guess what? I know way more than she does. Mm -hmm. I know way more of the things that you didn't even write on that piece of paper. And yet I accept you. Yeah. And once I like finally accepted that, like that's what changed my life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And well, I mean, if you think about it, man, it's like, it's like, that's why the answer isn't people. That's why the answer is getting vulnerable with the, with the Lord first. Cause Mm -hmm. there's two sides of that. Right. It's like, cause uh, so many guys, I'm just, I'm just assuming just thinking, hearing this, it's like, man, you you think I have someone to go to, right? Mm -hmm. You think I have like someone who's not going to condemn me immediately. Right. Right. And the reality is so many of us don't have that. Right. I know I didn't have a single person that I could go to for so many years. Right. With anything I was struggling, it's just me and the Lord. Right. It just was, and it was difficult. Right. Cause we're called to confess to our, to our brothers, to the people that we can trust. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but by doing that, by becoming made known to the Lord, right. He already knows us, but laying it on the table, right. Allows us to fully understand the grace of Jesus. So if we come before somebody, mm-hmm. we're laying it before them and perfect people who can absolutely do that to us yeah. can condemn us, like whatever they can say, whatever they want. Right. And so if we don't know before doing that, like the love of Jesus, that will crush us with mm-hmm. everything. And it still might hurt even if you do, Yeah. but that won't define you and you'll know that, right? Mm-hmm. But then what happens is if you know the grace of the Lord, and you know already what you're stepping into. And if you've done that work, you then become a person that someone can come to. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you're solving that problem for somebody else. Yeah. Right? If you understand like that, that the Lord paid it all for you, right? You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. He does that. You can you can start to step into the responsibilities of men to be that for somebody else too, yeah. right? Which is so much of it, right? That's such a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. And yeah, I just I have such a heart for that now mm-hmm. because, like I said, starting at eleven, my first my first interaction with someone finding out those like grimy details about myself, it was my mom. She like found porn on my computer and came out of the room and she's just like, what, what were you looking, what were you looking at? And just like, I could so clearly remember the, the look of absolute disgust on her face towards me. And I'll never forget. I was like 11 years old or something, 11, between 11 and 13. And I remember in that moment thinking the worst thought I could ever have, which was it is better to hide the things that you're ashamed about than to be open about it. And my mom and I have since reconciled and she knows that wasn't a great response, but I mean, she didn't know how to handle it. My dad wasn't around and that should have been his job, honestly. 
Um, and so we have, we've reconciled, but that dude, that, that threw me into the darkness and it gave, it, it made me, I started to believe that it was better to hide in the dark than to live in the light because I would rather live. <laughs> I was, I w- I was so afraid that I would rather just never be known than being, being seen ugly. Mm-hmm. Until I realized that this sucks way more. Like I'm not gonna live my life. Yeah. I wanna I wanna be in the light. I don't care how ugly I am. And yet God says I'm beautiful. Yeah. Right. And so I, I like to think of it like this. Like it's like on a on, on your on a wedding night, you know, it's like this moment where you stand before your spouse naked and you let your spouse like just admire you and it's like doesn't they it just look at your body and it's beautiful, right? And I love the fact that like walking in that truth of God loves me so much is, is it's standing naked before God and letting him tell you that you're beautiful despite all your, your flaws. And that's, what's actually going to get you out of the darkness. And then, and then you start to look at yourself and you're like, God, I'm so messed up in the light. I want to go back in the dark. And then Jesus is like, no, just don't look at yourself. Look at me, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Um, so Let's let's get a little bit more practical here. What what would you say to someone who um, is like, dude, I want to get out of this, but I don't know what to do, and I don't have anybody to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, I'd, I'd say check obviously check your your resources and community. Like if you're not in community and there's that available to you, step into that as, as soon as you can, right? Because um, doing this by yourself is it feels impossible, yeah. right? There's uh, absolutely um, redemption possible with the Lord, just you and him, but it's going to be way easier if you can get people around you. Right. Um, so that's, that's huge. In most places, if you, if you search it out or, uh, dig deep in community, this is not an, an uncommon issue. And so because of that, there are resources while this is, uh, probably the, the, the most common that like the biggest, the biggest in history that, uh, pornography addiction has been an issue is now. Wow. Right. But at the same time, for the same reasons, right? There are more resources than there have ever been to get help. Um, and so reaching out to those in community is huge. Um, I know off the top of my head, there's, there's one called fortify. That is, um, fight the new drug is that's the one they push out. It's a free service, right? It just helps you get that, um, jump started for you, right? Um, different things to be accountable. Um, and then find somebody, I mean, yeah, if, uh, find someone to challenge you. Right. And so if you don't have anybody that's, that's reaching out, right. Mm -hmm. Like finding community, um, but I mean, get someone, I, I have someone even now that I, that I'll text, even if a thought goes by, it's like, yeah, me too. don't even let it happen. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's not just about once I've failed, tell somebody or at the end of the week, put a list together of all the ways that you've already failed and do it. It's like moment of temptation, bro. Just send a text, send a yeah. text, be like, all right, I need it now. And I'm, and I'm not going to let this even small thing start, start off to build. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude. It's, it's so crazy because as millennials, we were the like the testing subjects to the whole phone thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Gen Z's like screwed even more than we were, but like porn in your pocket, we were the beta testers on that. Mm-hmm. And that jacked us up and it's yeah. jacking us up. It's jacking up Gen Z. Like Gen Z don't buy into the lie that porn is harmless. That junk jacks you up. I'm 28. I'm like 10 years past a Gen Z, I think. I don't know what Gen Z is. I don't know what you high schoolers are. But I do know this, that, bro, 
You can take my word for it or you're not. Porn's going to jack you up and it's going to jack up your relationships. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, man, I just, it's so, I don't even know where I was going with that because I get so jacked up about this. <laughs> it literally drives me nuts, man. I'm like, what the crap? Like so many of us didn't even know mm-hmm. what we were getting ourselves into. And then we just got into it. And then there's like all these ripple effects that are just going and going and going and going and going. I was in a sex addicts group um, with like all these like 40, 50, 60 year olds. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in there like, why am I in here? I'm like, these guys have all done way worse than stuff than me, right? And so I'm in there and I'm like hearing their stories of the, the brokenness in their families and all the, based on the decisions that they made. And every single one of them was like, yeah, I got porn when I was a kid. Never shared it until now. 40 years. And for them, it was like a magazine. Mm-hmm. They didn't have phones. It was a magazine. Yeah. And I would see these stories and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I finally came to this realization. I was like, I'm here because God's like, I don't have time for you. I have so much more. I don't have time for you to spend 50 years hiding in this. Mm-hmm. We got to take care of this now. Yeah. Because we got to, he's like, I want to use you. And I want you to live a, a, a life that you're actually, this is what you wanted for. This is what you've been praying for. Right. And so, yeah, I just want to, I could talk about this forever, but <laughs> yeah. And, and again, man, there is, I mean, wow, this is, I'm faced with this issue every day, right. Of, of meeting, meeting, encountering people younger and younger, it seems right. That are already in the, in the depths of this. Right. Yeah. But resound, the resounding like feeling I get walk, walking away from this is like the hope of Jesus is still yeah. like, it's it's not again it's not comparable right? yes it's like man he wins like yeah. he wins you step into it and he wins right and so yeah i would just i would just encourage man just don't don't stop pressing yeah. into him that's good um your fifth tenth a hundredth time right it seems like you've come back you've asked for forgiveness again mm-hmm. it's like we're not again we're not called to be we're not going to arrive yes right? it's we are going to get closer to him right mm-hmm. the closer we get to him the more we're like him right yeah so um yeah man it's it's just I can't say it enough, man. It's Jesus and he's going to do it. And he wins every time I watch it every day. Yeah. So. Praise God, dude. Yeah, man. Um, so let me finish with a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to unbound doing all this. Um, what would you say? Just some of the key takeaways that you've learned in your time at unbound. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a few immediate, that immediately come to mind, right? There is um, the, one of the first things that just hit me so obvious. Right. And so, um, part of my job, right. As I go to juvenile detention centers, I talk to kids once a week, right. And for during, because of COVID protocols, I was going in for a while, just meeting with who knows how many kids and who knows which kids and just meeting one-on-one through the phones, through the glass and just talking to somebody. Right. So I just show up, could be zero, could be eight. Mm -hmm. Right. And they all show up. Could be a boy, could be a girl, could be someone I've met, could be someone I haven't. Right. Um, and so I met with the very harsh reality of you can't plan uh, enough for this to go how you want it to go, mm-hmm. right? You could walk in and say the same thing to one kid that write the best notes up in the world, say something to one kid, and then say the same thing to the next kid. One kid could be breakthrough for the rest of his life. The yeah. other kid could be absolutely traumatized. Yeah. Right? And you, there's no way to plan for that. Yeah. There's no way to know that. I don't know these kids. I may have never talked to this person before. Um, and so what it has taught me is that the only, and you're met with that reality of like, gosh, man, there is no way to do this on my own. And mm-hmm. so, um, it is just, it, you you put yourself in the most uncomfortable positions and, and you are met with, you have to rely on the Lord and he's got to move. Mm-hmm. He's got to speak if you want any breakthrough to happen here. Yeah. And 
because uh, you're met with it. You can make this way worse than it was. It's not only that you can maybe do nothing. It's that you could actually re-traumatize somebody if you say the wrong thing. Um, and so it has got me in the habit of, of every, every time stepping into something, asking the Lord to move, asking him to step in and speak instead of me. And that's created a habit across my, across my daily routine of everywhere I'm going. You know, it's like, do this or in the, cause that's the reality everywhere. It's just yeah. more obvious, right? Yes. It's yes. more obvious than yes. something like that. But, um, but that's true every time, everywhere. Right? It's like, man, we're not going to win on our own and we're not going to see it. And, um, man, that has revolutionized how I see the Lord, how I see how his proximity to me, how close he is and how much he wants to be a part of it. Um, it's, it's in every moment. Right. And so that's been huge and that's revolutionized my world. Right. Um, Another thing that comes to mind, man, is, and we talked a little bit, we've been talking about this too, about just the responsibility that's offered, like the opportunity to take up responsibility as a man and to step into these places, right? And you mentioned kind of my size and my, the kind of the, the stature hold. Um, and that, that also becomes real obvious when I'm uh, doing parts of my job, right? Mm-hmm. So for a while I was teaching in uh, this foster home and, um, and it was emergency foster care, right? And so the girls that were in the home could be immediately taken out of whatever it was the, t- the terrible situation that they just came from and the next day they're in this foster home right and then i'm coming in to teach a class and so i could be encountering someone who is freshly off of abuse freshly off of who knows right um, horrific situations and uh, and i had been going into this home and i um and i remember there was this one girl there who was about six years old right and sweet little thing and and i came in and i looked as a very large man I looked like everything that had ever hurt her, right? Mm-hmm. I'm this scary, big guy walking in, right? And so she would hide from me the second I came in, right? Mm-hmm. And it broke my heart, you know, because yeah. I haven't said anything. She doesn't know me, mm-hmm. right? And so to her, it just looks like I'm, I'm the thing that's hurting her, right? Or I look like everything that's hurt her. And what the, but the cool thing is, is, right, I come in week after week, two, three weeks in in a row, and just show up, let her observe, you know, um, and continue to just step into the responsibility that God's called me to, right? And week five, week four, week five, whatever it was, she's now greeting me at the door, hugging me, mm-hmm. right? She's uh, running to come see me, right? And, and that's nothing I could do, right? That's just, and again, a process of letting the Lord work. But what happened in, in her mind is, is now this big thing that was scary has now transferred to her side. Now I'm, mm. bef- I'm behind her. I'm on her side. I'm fighting for her. Mm. Now she has this this person in her corner, right? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, now now she knows that now the things that are trying to hurt, she has someone protecting her, someone standing for her, right? And that's not to say that I'm anything special, but like doing doing that, doing the small things to take up responsibility, to step into hard places, right? To see somebody to call on the name of the Lord, right? To not see their brokenness first, but see the redemption that's offered. It's like, man, like you have the opportunity to maybe be the first male person that someone sees that is for them, that can speak safety, yeah. love for the first time in their life. Yeah. And you get to witness that there's no, there is no better thing, right? Then, and that's something you can do every day. That's something everyone is offered. Right. Yeah. That's something every guy, no matter whether you're a high school student, whether you're um, 50 years, it doesn't matter what part of life you're in. You can step into that now. Yeah. You know, and it's like it, it's it's offered everybody. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. I love that so much. I mean, it's such a. 
I like to think of the phrase "call to more, not call out." Like mm-hmm. such a, a call, to, a call to more for men. Calling out is just saying, "Hey, you suck at this." Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Calling to more is, "Hey, yeah. you have so much more in you yeah. that you're capable of, and, uh-huh. and we see it in you." And mm. and that's the message for you men is that there's so much more, and, and this is a message to myself too. Like, mm. I'm so broken. I'm so messed up and I still like I'm every day I, I, I live mm. and, and think as if I am a very broken person because I am without God and I could go right back to where I was so fast if I don't trust in God on that. Um, but even myself, I've had, I've got to experience so much more life because of it. And there's, I actually can see so much more of the joy of, of speaking into people and building them up rather than tearing them down because I'm insecure. And, and that's the journey. This is all part of the journey to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just, yeah, just encourage you guys so much to, as men, bro, you were made to, you were made to go to war. So go to war against what's actually the enemy mm-hmm. and, and start being the man that, that God made you to be. Um, uh, last question. What would you say is the one, if you got to give one piece of advice to, Mm. Uh, younger men after how old are you? I'm 25. Okay, so 25, 25 from like mm. 18 to 25. You know what I mean, men? Maybe not who any man actually. Yeah. But what would you say is your one piece of advice that you give yeah, to man. men? Well, I just I, I pull my phone out real quick because I was writing this down. I was thinking about this and and man, the, like immediately Psalm 27 comes to mind, man, and it's and because it is just it's you know. You know, David saying the one thing I seek, right, right, is to dwell in the house of the Lord, right. And right before that, it talks about, you know, though an army may may besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war break out against me, even though, even then, I will be confident. And then he goes to say, and one thing I ask from the Lord, this do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on His beauty, um, and seek Him in His temple, right. And because it all comes back to man, none of this is possible without him, mm-hmm. right? None of this is possible, and there is no, there's no hope apart from Jesus. You know, there's no. It's that this is the difficulty of telling someone, you know, that you're worth it all without Jesus, because the reality is we're we're not, you know, without Jesus, without without what he's he's done for us, right? We can't say that, we can't believe that, and and man, so my what I, what I, my heart desire for every guy, right. For every young guy is to seek, seek the Lord mm-hmm. with everything you have, right. Yeah. Dwell in his house. Like just, just sit with him, get, yeah. get around him, you know, cause, cause it's not going to be you, right. It's not going to be you. That's going to figure this out. It's, it's what's going to bring breakthrough. What's going to bring, um, the change you you so desperately need, right. Is going to be get with Jesus, you know, yeah. Get with people who love Jesus and seek him. Don't stop seeking him. Yeah. Right? Don't let failure stop stop you from seeking him. You know? Um and that's it, man, because I I mean I've seen I've seen loads of darkness, but I can I can tell you a hundred percent that man, the only reason why I can stand in hope and that I live every day with joy and with confidence that that um this darkness isn't isn't gonna prevail right is because i've seen the hope of the lord and i've seen breakthrough over and over again you know and it's and that's only a result of seeking the lord so amen bro well charlie thanks again Mm -hmm. for for joining me um i know there's 
so many people. This is such an encouraging message to so many. Um, I appreciate you taking some time to share. Do you mind uh, closing us in prayer? Come on. Yes, Jesus. Lord, we are just so thankful, God. We are so thankful for you, Lord, that you have come, that you have brought redemption, Lord, that the um, the identity that you call us to, Jesus, which you believe in us, Lord, is so much greater than we could ever earn. Um, we thank you, Lord, that you came, you died for us, Jesus. Um, and we just say, Lord, do what you will in our lives, Lord. Let your let heaven come down. Let um, let you, Lord, um, just tell us uh, who we are, what we think, what you think of us, Jesus. We are so thankful for you, um, Lord. We ask God, would you? Um, touch every person listening to this, to this podcast. Would you reach every heart? Um, and Lord, would you um, just be the thing we seek? Um, we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen, bro. Amen. Come on. Let's go, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>